quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and look who the cat dragged in with me today. It's my good friend, Brandy Jacola, host of What the Future Holds, the Vedic Assembly, Boldly Go, the Dark Porner, the Dark Porner podcast. That's a new one. It is not the Dark Porner podcast. It's the Dark Corner podcast. Also, Infinite Trek, The Unready Room, and her solo show, Headcanon. Oh, my God. Well, we're off to a good start. Oh, and due to the uh, the last live show that I just finished with moments before we started doing this, I'm going to have to change that to Handcanon. Um, just listen oh. to Infinite Trek when it comes out as an audio podcast on Tuesday on the Trek Geeks Network. Okay. Handcanon, Hand- The Dark Porner Podcast. <laughs> All sorts of things going on today. It's been a long quarantine. It's been a long quarantine. Getting from March to here. Till whenever. Sorry. Next March, maybe. Uh, um, I'm tearing up already, so okay, this is going to yep. be great. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just did this. We just did, two days ago. Yes, yeah, so we recorded the new What the Future Holds on episode one of season three, which mm-hmm. if you're listening to this show the day it comes out, it's Monday. So that'll come out tomorrow, which mm-hmm. will be after this one. Yes. That's mm-hmm. how time works. You're getting it fresh. You're getting it fresh. Yeah, we certainly are. And we're doing a lot of podcasts together within this, we, we these are. couple of weeks. And I love it. Yeah. There's more coming up next week. Of course, the next What the Future Holds for episode two. We'll do that mm-hmm. with your lovely husband, Dave. Mm-hmm. And then something else on Saturday night. What could it possibly be? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> yeah. I've never done The Unready Room uh, as a as a co-host before. I've been a guest a long time ago. No, not even on The Unready Room. Maybe once. You might have been once. You have been once, actually. Once, yeah. I do remember that. I think actually twice. Okay. I did do the live show. Yeah, but I I think there was one there were a couple of times. The first time I didn't know you were being on the show and the second time that right. I did know. That's right. So, but that was both in ready room. So, yes, you have been on that show. Okay, I have. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here too. Thank you so much for having me. And your makeup looks amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I go very matchy-matchy when I can and I'm wearing a very purple Michael Burnham shirt, so yeah, and I've got some purple in my shirt, and I got a pedicure today, and I got my 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 toes painted purple. Sweet. We're just purple up in here. Because I felt royal today. Yeah. We felt we feel like queens today, don't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. I do. Pretty much every day. Mm, yeah, that's true. Me too. 
<laughs> well, today we're reading and discussing your comments on That Hope Is You Part 1, the Season 3 premiere of Discovery. Open Channel is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about every single brand new Trek episode as it drops and other stuff we want to talk about. To join the conversation on Facebook, type the Nexus into the search field and join Holosuite Media's listeners group. I'll post an open channel conversation thread when each new episode drops. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, and theories, and they just might get read on the air. Keep in mind that comments may be edited for time. Well, Brandy, you want to get going? Yes, let's do it. I'm sorry, I had to move my Spock back into place because I was feeling very unsettled without him behind me. Oh, I'm glad that he's there. I feel much better when Spock is behind me too, especially with Ethan Peck Spock. <laughs> we are of a similar mind on this. <laughs> okay, well, let's get going. Uh, first, let's start with one of my favorite people. Patrick Carlin says, and we're off and running. Love that we got references to Voyager, Quantum Slipstream, and Benamite Crystals, and DS9, Tachyon Solar Sails, right off the bat. And yay for Grudge Cat! I was hoping we wouldn't have to wait long to see her. Also, I noticed in the coming This Season trailer that we see Michael being handed something that says NCC4774. Full disclosure, my Twitter handle of PJC4774 was inspired by Tuvok's access code in the episode Worst Case Scenario. Tuvok4774. Wow, Ooh. that's an obscure reference and I love it. It is. We also got an Enterprise reference with the Temporal Wars. We did, or the Temporal, depending <laughs> on how you say it. We we pay homage to you and your order of temporal in Infinite Trek as well. Oh, you do? With a twist. Yes, we do. We do indeed. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll have to listen to it now. Yeah, absolutely. And Baz Greenland is a first-time commenter. Baz, that's why I asked if you were a first-time commenter, because we sing first-time commenter for first-time commenters. So welcome. Yes. Baz says, loved it. Freed from the restraints of continuity, it looks as if Discovery can really let loose. It looked stunning, and Sonequa Martin-Green delivered her best performance on the show yet. I agree. And that's saying a lot, because she's mm -hmm. des she's delivered some damn fine performances. She has very much so. She's She just gets better and better. She has so much still to offer. Oh, I just love her. I just I love know. her. I just she blew me away. She was she was she was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful in every way. And Baz, again, we're really glad you're here. This is a yes. fun show and a good group well, of people. Indeed, we are a good group of people. If we do say so ourselves. <laughs> if I do say so myself, if I do mm. say so myself. Mm. That was a little Jay-Z for you. <laughs> a little right. hova. Nice. Oh, I get to read Liam's comment. Hi, Liam. You do. Liam Smart and I and Nick Collinson do the Vedic Assembly here on Hollow Sweet Media about Deep Space Nine. And I adore Liam. We have a great time together along with Nick. I, I adore Nick too. I just, I, I love those boys. Anyway, Liam says, This was such a calming episode. <laughs> 
I can't wait to see how Book is going to develop. I wasn't expecting his Dr. Doolittle attribute, so that's cool. I think this is going to be a fantastic season. And Liam did say to me in a, a private chat that it was a calming episode, and I said, we had very different definitions of <laughs> yeah, calming. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like not calm during the episode. No, no. I was an emotional wreck for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, increasingly so as the episode continued. <laughs> but I love, I didn't even think of Dr. Doolittle. That's totally cool. Yeah. Mm. But it works with uh, with all organic life, not just animals. Mm. Mm -hmm. Seems like, seems like. And Kirstie Keene is back with us because she can now legally watch Star Trek in her country. And I'm so glad you're back. She says, I really enjoyed this episode. I'd hoped season three would come out of the gate firing on all cylinders, and I wasn't disappointed. Also, I love that cat. <laughs> the cat's grudge is popular. Mm -hmm. That coon is popular. Yeah, she has her own Twitter account. And Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I love how she proclaimed that she is space cat, and not space cat, space cat. C-A-T-T-E, yeah. folks. <laughs> Cat. <laughs> she's got a big head. Yes, that's okay. She she's a, she has reason to have a big head. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, we have William J. Jackson. I do know William Jackson. Okay. I, I, we, we are friends on Twitter. And uh, I guess according to uh, previous episodes, he's... Uh, First time commenter. <laughs> I decided to go ethereal with that one. That was a little bit. Every kiss begins with K. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was trying to be all angelic and sweet. Ah, anyway, William says, fantastic episode and sneaky peeks into the 32nd century. The burn has me intrigued, as does Book's Octavia Butler-esque abilities. Hungry for more. I hadn't really thought of Octavia Butler's writings, but yeah, I get that. Now, I really like that comment, and I looked yeah. up Octavia Butler. Oh, Octavia Butler is a very famous sci-fi writer. I, I, I'm bad, yeah. Well, you know, it's of the old school of sci-fi writing, which is some of the best sci-fi writing as well, mm. which is not to say modern sci-fi is bad, but, you know, she's she's a pioneer for sure in a lot of ways. Nice. So, her and Ursula Le Guin, and yeah, anyway. Nice. And yeah. welcome, William. I think you are a first-time commenter because I, had, I don't remember you commenting on this show before, so. Could be. Could Glad be. you're here. You want, do you want me to do it differently? First time commenter. Do it rock jock. Is that going to sound better? <laughs> yeah. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So sorry. Mark Keller says, hello, everyone. Hello, Mark. Looking forward to your podcast, Christopher. Well, thanks, Mark. I feel like I'm having a conversation. I feel crazy at the moment, but that's okay. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're looking forward to the podcast, Mark. He continues, I thought the first episode was great. I liked what happened to the Federation in the future. It disappeared after the great event, yet one man is keeping its spirit alive. Now Michael is going to try to restore it. I think it's a great direction for the series. Here's to the future. 
I've always enjoyed the tech of Star Trek. I think this season they did a good job of creating the future and now the future of the future. I liked how the bed and desk materialized out of thin air and the holographic alarm clock bird. Neat stuff. Yeah, such neat stuff. Mm -hmm. I like that they're having to really push the envelope with the tech as far as it goes because everything we already saw, everything we've already seen in Trek is so far advanced and now they can just... They've got to go even further with it, which is super cool and imaginative. It is. And you, I, I was wondering, you know, it wasn't really a deal breaker one way or the other. I was wondering, how are they going to up the ante on this? How are they going to take what is already visually stunning and make it more? Well, they did. They did. Here you go. Season three. Uh-huh. Right off the bat. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's it's great. Yeah, not a complaint at all. So, Mm-mm. ooh, I get to read Janessa Kihara's comment. Woot! All right, and Janessa says, aside from being distracted by the parrot, <laughs> I spend a lot of time scrutinize what touches Walter Mosley might have left from his short term in the writers' room. Pretty sure Cleveland Booker is his baby, and I'm looking forward to see how that character is carried on from here on out. As a totally random aside, Cleveland Booker is the second fictional character I've been intrigued by this year who's go- who goes by the moniker Book or Booker. I wanted an alarm clock like that, then I realized I actually already have one. <laughs> so Janessa has a cockatiel named Puka. Ah! <laughs> that she that takes everywhere. Uh-huh. I was saying, you have a holographic bird for your... <laughs> oh, that would be cool. <laughs> Unless Janessa is telling me something uh, I don't know about. But no, mm. Puka, I believe, is to whom she is referring. I, I understand. That's adorable. And Janessa also mentioned that she first thought that the bird might be an eclectus. And I also thought that it might be uh, an eclectus. But yeah, I believe it is definitely a lorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know the difference. So, <laughs> Eclect- I believe eclectus are a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, I, I, I studied a lot of animals. I worked at SeaWorld of Texas many, many, many years ago in high school and we had eclectus and lorries. So I, I could, the, the colors are very similar, the, that bright red. Ooh. And then there's the bright green, which is, I think the other, the, maybe the male of the eclectus. I don't know. Hmm. Learn something new every day. Yay. Mm-hmm. I might have those switched. I don't know. That's okay. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that there were names for the different colors, uh, meaning that they were different str- strains of birds. That's not the right word. Species. <laughs> Thank you. Different strain. Different strain of an infectious disease, you guys. I, was got, I got a flu shot today. I blame that. Okay. Sure. We'll go with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Paloma Bennett says, I really loved the first episode. I've been wanting to see more Andorians and Orions on new live-action Trek for a while, so I was thrilled with seeing them on the trade floor. I can't wait to see more exploration in this season. Exploration is something that is sadly lacking in a lot of new Star Trek. The second season of Discovery remedied that a little bit, but it looks like the third season will solve that problem entirely. Okay, interesting thought. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool to see the Andorians and Orions together, for sure. It was very interesting, uh, and especially from Michael's point of view as well, because we were all kind of thinking what she said. The Andorians and Orions are working together? Right. Because you just, you don't think of people that Orions would work with and then think, oh, well, naturally it's got to be Andorians. 
Right. That's just not the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-mm. So. And we talk a lot about this stuff on the What the Future Holds episode that comes out tomorrow, too. So please Indeed. listen to it. Right here on Hall Sweet Media. Mm-hmm. And I can see what you're saying, Paloma, about the exploration lacking. I think that the exploration that's been a little bit more of a trend has been more about self-exploration uh, within New Trek. But we've definitely also gotten some some otherworldly exploration as well. Yes, I like both. And I think that that's why it's such a nice parallel in Trek that it's, again, discovery is not just the name of the ship. Mm-hmm. It is also about self-discovery and discovery of family and discovery of new worlds and new civilizations and boldly going where no one has gone before. Including within. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we get quotes like that, too. Like Giorgio is saying, the best way to know yourself is to know the people that you take care of. And, you know, the best way to know other people is know yourself and all of that. Agree with all of those. Mm-hmm. Discovery and exploration in all of its forms. Yes. I guess it's my turn now. It's your turn. <laughs> my turn. Oh, I get to read Chris Hills. I get to read all these friends' comments. It's so I fun. I know. Uh, Chris says, first and foremost, first. Okay, now that that's out of the way, I really enjoyed this episode on my first viewing. I personally wouldn't have put the Andorians and Orions together, but I kind of like it. This season really shows that Disco is unfettered by its previous constraints and is really firing on all cinders. I Cinders? Cinders. <laughs> and is really firing on all cylinders. I can't wait for next week. Mm-hmm. I've already seen the second episode because I saw it at the virtual premiere. I've already seen the second episode because I got screeners. I know. Just the second episode? Also? And the third and the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> she's killing me here y'all and she's 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 doing what she's supposed to she says she has said nothing to no one Mm -hmm. i i am keeping it i'm keeping it secret keeping it safe yep keep the secrets yep i i'm a vault i take i will take things to my grave that no one will ever know i have said nothing about the second episode and i won't either so Mm, i'm so proud of you thank you i'm good at keeping secrets yeah i know you are (laughs) Nicholas Paul Collinson, who we mentioned earlier, who is a host on Hollow Street Media. I neglected to say that last week. <laughs> it's okay. I was just I was just giving you crap. I'm like, say Nick's a host on Fanic Assembly. I guess because I always say that, like I thought maybe people just kind of figured or they know, but well, I shouldn't maybe forget. Not, maybe not everyone listens to every single episode. So Maybe we get new ep- listeners. Yeah, that too. It's always worth saying, I feel. So Dr. Nick says, Can confirm, parrots make good alarm clocks, but mine are in the trees outside. Yes, the kookaburras outside that that are annoying to Nick. Mm -hmm. I'm just loving the ship designs and all the super advanced future technology and that weird cylindrical design of the mercantile. I love how so much of it isn't held together by anything visible, implying super advanced force fields or something. This just feels so alien. It's like nothing we've seen before in Star Trek, which in this case is exactly what we need. Totally agree. I love, love, love how Book's driving ideal is saving the transworms from extinction. The worm was really cute, and I love that its name was Molly. I like the concept of the burn so far. I'm sure the mystery of why it happened will now be a big part of the plot this season. Everything about this gives me hope for the rest of this season and the future it will show. 
Mm-hmm. Nick, I corrected your spelling of trans worms because you put trans worms, which I, which is what I heard the first time I watched it too. And then I had to look it up to make sure. But yeah, trans as in because of the chemical whatever that it has. Uh, when it puts it, you in a trance. It puts the people in a trance when they look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured that out. Full disclosure, when you get screeners, you don't get subtitles. You don't get closed caption that oh. I have found. So I have to wait until the episode's actually released before I can watch it with subtitles because there are times where I can't tell exactly what words someone said in a particular part of dialogue. So the subtitles are extremely helpful in that regard, except when they misspell words or are spelled denobulin with an I. <laughs> Or spell Sarek instead of Surak. Yes, Sarek instead of Surak. That was... That was annoying. But uh, it's very helpful to have the subtitles, which is how I knew... Because well, I was looking at that and like, everybody is just staring at this worm completely transfixed and that Orion guy... Oh, trance. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Although, isn't the the trill is... Is our our trill friend that's coming? It's announced is a trans individual, right? Is it the trill that's trans? So technically, the symbiote could be a trans worm, right? No, that's that's a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, if the trill is the trans character, and I can't remember, I can't remember if that's true. <laughs> I, Should I take that out? Does I that feel inappropriate? No, I can't. That's that's funny, actually. I, I can't say anything. Oh, man. Damn it. Sorry. Well, I'm annoyed. So let's move on to your questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joshua DeVries says, what an experience that was. I love how the first part of the episode really makes the audience feel as disoriented as Michael is. Shout out to Sonequa Martin-Green for an outstanding performance. Agree. Bring on part two. We may not see yeah. part two for some time. Don't, yeah, don't count on <clears> it. <throat> Was it just me, or did the cylindrical design of the mercantile remind anyone of the USS Enterprise XCV-330 that appeared as a painting in the motion picture? Yes, it did. It did, right? I didn't even really make, I mean, I made that correlation in my, my Trek brain, and yet it wasn't really in my consciousness until just now. So yeah. good catch. Good catch. Uh-huh. And Joshua, regarding part two, so we talked a little bit about this about what the future holds on mm-hmm. what the future holds. But it, it this is that hope is you part one. But according to Wikipedia, the second episode is called Far From Home. So and and the rest of the episodes are listed in Wikipedia. Not that Wikipedia is always right, because it often is not. But if it is right, none of the episodes are called That Hope Is You Part 2 in this in this season. Hmm. So what's the deal, y'all? No idea. Yeah, well, season four production starts on November 2nd, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe Who it'll knows? Maybe season four. If it doesn't turn up in this season, maybe it's season four. Yeah, maybe Juicy it's dangers. the first episode. Yeah. Maybe that, you know, that hope is someone else... No, not Michael. Maybe. Do you think that they could go back and fix all the Bernie stuff that happened? Do you think they would do that and timey-wimey it, wibbly-wobbly it out and fix it? Or are we going to keep this in continuity? 
I, I don't know. I don't know that I feel comfortable with them fixing the past. Yeah, right. I'm not sure I feel good about that. Yeah. I guess it would depend on how it was done, if that's something that they choose to do. I really don't know. I really don't know what's coming, and it's a great feeling. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. Rhea Papa Giorgio says, David Ajala, yum. Mm-hmm. Someone else pointed out, is this the first episode of Star Trek with no white characters? So, Rhea, I, when I was in the virtual premiere, somebody asked that question in the chat in one of the, in one of the, in the interview rooms, and Alex Kurtzman was there, and he mentioned to the commenter that he, that they weren't the first person that pointed it out. And when I rewatched it and looked at the cast, there were white actors playing other aliens, but... As far as I know, the rest of the main cast were mostly black people and people of color, right? Yes. The, the, as far as the actual characters being shown on screen, there was nobody presenting as white. Right, right, yeah. And the director, of course, is, is black as well. Yeah, Tunde. It was beautiful. It was such a beautiful episode. I loved it. It, it is beautiful, and so is David Ajala. Yes, yes. And Michael thinks so, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I've known this about David Ajala for a while now, people, because I watched Supergirl, yo. <laughs> he was on a season of Supergirl. That's how I found out he existed. I haven't seen Supergirl. <sighs> Should I watch it? I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> I've got so much. I Like, I was considering. There is so much diversity on that show. It's just like pouring out of everything. Yeah, I maybe I should watch it. It's not canceled? No, it's it's okay. going to be going into its last season. Okay. They are ending the show, but it wasn't canceled. I think that uh, that they're just ending it on their own terms. So okay. next season will be their final season. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, I was walk- when I was walking home from the gym today, I was considering, is this the time for me to start Game of Thrones? And then I quickly decided, no, it's not, because it's just too much for me to absorb right now. Um... With new disco, with all the f- all the Walking Dead stuff coming out, which I know you don't watch anymore. I only ever watched two episodes of it, and it it pissed me off so bad I couldn't go <laughs> and do it. I will say this about Game of Thrones: I don't know that it's worth it. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I all don't right. know that it would be worth it to you. I will take that under advisement. Yeah, I'm not sure it was worth the time I spent on it. So. Oh wow, that's that's a lot coming from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I respect that. Okay. All right. I guess we should move on to Karen Chuplis. Hi, Karen. Karen says, "Well, I absolutely loved it. Disappointed in hearing people say nothing happened again. Yes, me too. It was an introduction to this new era and world. Book and Michael have chemistry out the wazoo. <laughs> that's I love that I saying. Would say. <laughs> My mother says that. I got that from her too." Out the wazoo. Uh, at the wazoo. It was gorgeous. It was exciting, but not breakneck speed. Love books ship. Same. Did we ever hear a name for it? No, I don't think we did. Uh, I don't think so. Love the warm wood in the nooks around the bridge. I mean, dang, I could live there. Anyone else think Grudge is more than just a cat? And yet what I loved best was Mr. Sahil. Oh my gosh. Adil Hussein just made me well up. Yeah, join the club, sweetie. 
What yeah. a lovely performance. I want more of him in the worst way, but I suppose he won't be in too much. But gosh, lovely, lovely character and performance. Can't wait for next week. Okay. Yeah, I I also had the thought that maybe the cat is more than the cat. I don't know. But then it led me to like the men in black thing with the dog. And I was like, okay, it's not going to be like that. No. But But I considered maybe it's... There's more to Grudge than we know as well, but who knows? Or maybe Grudge is just another endangered just a cat. species. Yeah. Right, right. Sometimes a cat is just a cat. And Mr. Sahil, what'd you think? Oh, just... Uh, the, I was crying through that whole thing. Yeah. That whole thing from the minute she walks around the corner into his office and he sees her, I am just like... Mm, there's just... I was just crying for the rest of that. See, I'm getting emotional right now. Yeah. Just talking about it. Me too. I um I actually disagree though, Karen. I think that he will be in it more because she commissioned him. I think mm -hmm. he's gonna be I think he's gonna be very, very important. I hope so. I would I love hope to so. see him again. Because he's really the cipher for us, for for the fans. Yes. Oh yeah. Because we are, we are the ones that we're not commissioned officers. We're not actually part of Starfleet, but we believe in the ideals of the Federation and of Starfleet. Right. Even though it's a fictional thing, those ideals are valid. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna just put it, throw in a comment from Ali Black, which I didn't include in the script, but I got a notification on my phone right now as we were recording. So, Allie, you missed the cutoff time, but I'm still going to read your comment because it's relevant to what we just talked about and to me and Brandy. She says, I can't wait to see how Grudge fits in since we only know she's a queen and could feed a planet. <laughs> okay, rude. Then she says, and I know I'm not alone when I admit that the last 10 minutes was just a solid cry fest. Yes. Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to stand up and honor the flag. So that... Yeah, both times I watched it, the last that last scene was just like bawling. Yep, I was sobbing. There's been a lot of crying this week. Yeah, there has been, and you know, the, I've often said that the ultimate expression of all of my emotions is crying. So buckle in, yeah, kids, because it's not going to change anytime soon, if ever. Yeah, I like it, and. I also had a thought, which I was going to wait till after we finished the listeners' final thoughts, but I felt like it also kind of fit in since we're talking about Mr. Sahil, that in Picard season one, we get that Starfleet is still there. The Federation is still there. Starfleet is still there. It's in existence, but they've lost their vision. They've lost their focus on, focus on what the vision is. In this season of Discovery, Starfleet is basically gone, and all that's left is the vision and the hope of Starfleet. Isn't that a cool juxtaposition yeah. there? It is. It's very interesting. And if it were going to go one way or the other, I would prefer it this way. Yes. I would rather rebuild from that ideal than to have to dismantle the lack of ideals and then rebuild from the ground up again. So that says a lot about where we are right now in this mm. in society too. Like which one this are we? This whole episode does. Yeah. This whole episode is so relevant to our current world issues. Just on so many levels. Yeah, I kind of feel like the Picard situation was is what the outer world is like right now mm. for us. 
especially in the states and not not especially in the states i say that you know being american centric but it's it's common across the globe but i feel like the discovery mirror is kind of how we're feeling all internally right now yes we've lost our compass we've lost our guide you know and we're looking for other that vision we're looking for that hope to hold on to we are the true believers Mm -hmm. go vote people please (laughs) please do please go vote please vote please go vote (laughs) okay let's move on to your final thoughts i'm gonna start with jj becker who we also haven't heard from for a while but is a fantastic writer he says in true discovery fashion season three explodes into existence amidst a veritable frenzy of light sound and excitement Michael Burnham crashes face-first into an unknown world only to discover her compatriots are late for the future, and she has to find a way to survive alone in a strange universe. I'm definitely seeing some similarities between this story so far and Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. The fall of the Federation, a heroic relic from the past, the mention of slipstream travel, and the generally dystopian feel that the galaxy seems to have developed in the 32nd century to name a few. I really enjoyed this, and I'm excited to see how Trek approaches some of these new themes. Well put, JJ. Very well put. I am very impressed. Mm-hmm. I always am. And I haven't seen Andromeda. Uh, I have seen parts of Andromeda, but I have never watched it from first episode to last episode. So... <laughs> I have to laugh because, unfortunately, when I think of Andromeda, I now actually also think of Friday the 13th, X or 10, uh, which is basically Jason in space, because it has two actors from Andromeda in it, and so I cannot disassociate from Andromeda. So this is like Andromeda rated R. Right. And it's it is not a good movie. It is it it couldn't be proven to be a good movie. That doesn't mean I don't love it because it's ridiculous. It's like the Hellraiser in space one. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. But anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Uh Karen Hasha says, I knew I'd love it, but OMG I didn't know how much. I know. I didn't expect to cry so much either. Oh, I did. What a ride. Sonequa Martin-Green is so good in this. I don't think Michael has ever been as fully human as she is in this episode. She's all alone and freaked out and scared, yet she seems somehow liberated. Like she's not carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders anymore. And I love how much Book loves his cat. She is a queen indeed. I like that observation that she's not carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders anymore, even though she literally has been. Mhm. Mhm. I I like that. I like that idea. And and that's what I I love about when she's, you know, under the influence of that integrated consciousness stuff that they spray in her face. Yeah. And she talks about how she she left everything she knew behind for the sake of creation. Yeah. <laughs> I saved all the things. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I love that entire sequence and the way it's filmed. It's magnificent. Uh-huh. Yeah. And finally, we have Suzanne Williamson, who is co-host of The Janeway with Liam, which is our Voyager show on Holosuite Media. And she does another show, right? Does she do something else, too? Mm, 
oh yeah yeah she's on this show with me called boldly ghost star trek strange new worlds podcast and it's so good and so fun we have a great time we really really do <laughs> i love that y'all host that together yeah episode two out now she says, really only one thing needs to be said after watching this wonderful, amazing, exciting, and emotional season premiere. All hail Queen Grudge. <laughs> All right. We bow before thee, your majesty. I want to I wanna hold Grudge. Tilly's going to get to, right? It looks like in the, in the uh, trailer. Much to her chagrin. Mm-hmm. She's not really a cat person. <laughs> Which I, I find odd. But I do too. I thought she would be. Yeah. Well, I, I can kind of see that because because dogs are just so they want to please you. They want to be your friend. They want to make you happy. Whereas cats just do not care. And if they show you affection, then you are something super special. Right. So, yeah. Well, that is the end of the comments for the week. And it's y'all. I have to say it is so fun to be talking about discovery with you guys and um, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. Brandy, Brandy, what'd you think? Uh, I so many people feeling the same way I did about so many things. Yeah. And it's it makes me happy that so many people have reacted so positively to this season premiere and have picked up on all of the parallels to what we're going through right now. And how Sonequa Martin-Green is effing amazing. You know, I think that, uh, yeah, I agree. I, she, listen, I knew she was a serious actor, even when I saw her in the short time she was on The Walking Dead, which her husband is also on, um, Kenrick. But, like, I knew she was serious in that, and I believe she was also on Once Upon a Time for a little while. But she, like, she's one of those actors that I personally feel is going to have a huge career even beyond Star Trek, even though she'll be involved in Star Trek for years and years and years and years to come. I think she's going to go on to do, I think we, I think this is just barely the beginning for her. She's magnificent. Mm -hmm. She, her abilities, you, you can't learn how to do that necessarily. Some of the things that she does, they just are innate to her. It's not something you can learn. It's not something you can practice. It's just something that I guess you're born with. Because there there are things that, there are certain aspects of acting that you just can't teach. Right. And she's like the master class. Just watch Sinequa. And this is a master class in acting right here. Right. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I'm she blows me away. And I heard somebody, you know, I don't like to spend a lot of time talking about people's hating on things and criticism and stuff, but it's out there. And I mm-hmm. heard someone after the premiere say, "Oh, I guess it's going to be all about Michael. I was hoping it wasn't going to be about Michael." And I'm like, "She is the lead character. Like, she's the main character. This is this is literally how theater has been structured for since time began like there's there are lead characters in shows and in theater and in film and everything so i i i don't get that criticism and i think that i i i like michael more and more the more that i get to know her well she is for you know to put it in television terms she's number one on the call sheet and that is not going to change 
So if you can't handle that, then I invite you to go find something else you like. Yeah. And I don't want it to change. Like, I don't. She's she's I don't either. She's at the helm and I love it. Same. I did a rant on this in one of the last what the future holds, too. But yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there for myself. Well, she proves that you don't have to have your main character also be the captain. Or the commander. And have everything figured out. Yeah. Exactly. We don't always have to have perfect people. Because that's the beauty of Michael. We can see ourselves in her. Mm-hmm. We can... We. She makes some really huge mistakes really early on. And later, too. Yeah. And to watch her grow and become the person that she is now is just... I, I'm ready to keep watching her until the end of time which is not how it works with television but i will watch it as long as i possibly can yeah and listeners please do check out our what the future holds episode the new one that just came out uh what sorry that will come out tomorrow <laughs> on this episode mm-hmm. brandy it's always so wonderful having you on this show because i like when we get to do our thing together with the listeners and then of course we do other stuff too but thank you thank you thank you for coming on this first episode of season three. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me because i i love doing this show and i love talking about discovery so this is like the perfect fits and also i just i keep forgetting that we don't have to worry about swearing on this show anymore so fuck <laughs> <laughs> You just want to throw a fuck in there? I just, I just want to throw a fuck in there because I, I just had to do a show for an hour and a half where I couldn't do that. And so now I just want to, whew, there I go. And then I have to do another show where I can't do that. So oh, I just got to get it out while I can. So thank you. You can come on here and swear anytime you want. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. And I, I love this show, period. I listen to it every week. Oh, thanks. And I just adore how you interact with the fans and the way that you structure the comments and you're just doing a fantastic job. Oh man. Thank you. That's very, that's very nice of you. I appreciate that very, very much. I'm not being nice. I'm telling the truth, honey. All right. (laughs) Well, tell all of our friends where they can find you. If you want to go through that long list again for like the Uh, fourth time this week. Okay. I do a lot of shows slash podcasts. So, here we go. I'm just going to go through. Uh, if you want to skip this part, you can just follow me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy's with an I. The 12 is a number. And you will see me posting about all these podcasts I'm about to mention. So, I do the following podcasts. Uh, not in order of importance or anything else, but grouped together kind of by type and or website. <laughs> so... We mentioned Boldly Go, Strange New Worlds podcast, uh, the Vedic Assembly, Deep Space Nine podcast, What the Future Holds, the Discovery podcast, all on Sweet Media. Uh, on the Dark Corner podcasts, uh, excuse me, darkcornerpodcast.com, you will find the Dark Corner podcast that I do with my husband, Dave, and Head Cannon, my solo podcast that has to be renamed as Hand Cannon. Again, go listen to Infinite Trek if you want to know why. Infinite Trek is a live show that I do on Twitch with my friend Aaron Harvey on Saturdays at noon Mountain Time. Uh, no, it's noon. It's one Mountain Time now. Excuse me. 
we changed the time so that it leads into an improvised show called The Improvised Generation, which is a Star Trek thing, obviously. And uh, we talk about everything Trek, but of course we are covering Discovery there as well. It's a completely different conversation. You can find that on the Twitch channel, Outpost 13. And last but obviously not least, I do a live show now on Saturday nights for the foreseeable future at 7 p.m. Mountain Time called The Unready Room. We had to move it from Friday to Saturday because of the agreement that Crave TV in Canada has with CBS about discovery distribution. And so they don't get it in Canada until 7 p.m. dance time on Fridays Boo. now. Mm-hmm. So you can find that on Dan's YouTube channel, which is Kurt Rats Productions. That's just Star Trek spelled backwards. So come and join us for that. And even after we've done that show, it's still available for people watching it later. So don't think you always have to join us live, but it's really fun when you do because you can participate in the chat. And those are all the things I do. So fun. It's so fun. And uh, yeah, I that's all I got. Thank you again. Thank you so much again. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to go, since we're recording on Saturday, I'm going to watch The Unready Room tonight. And listeners, you can rewatch it on YouTube if you want today as you're listening to yes. this. So anytime, anytime. And then uh, all this wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I'm trying to remember which podcast is coming out, what we're recording next, where we're going. Listeners, also, Brandy is doing all of these podcasts and shows, and she's been working the whole time during during the pandemic and during quarantine. So I've been able to do a little bit more because I haven't, you know, my gigs have been canceled, but you've still been doing your full time stuff. And taking on new yeah. podcasts. I, I'm still working like a, a 38, 40 hour work week <laughs> in, in commuting. Yeah. You're the hardest working woman in podcasting. I don't know that that's true, but I'll take it. I'm sure you're up there. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. But I, I enjoy every single thing that I do and I'm not giving any of them up anytime soon. So Nice. Well, thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing The Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my Open Channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. <laughs> this show is brought to you by hollow sweet media computer list other available hollow sweet media programs loading hollow sweet preview program for the expanse a star trek enterprise podcast i did kind of like the idea that he had the armory to work in that was like his main mm -hmm. his main workspace i guess i found that quite different and that excited me i think they kind of moved away from that a little bit as the show went on yeah as we went on it definitely appeared more in the first season i think and maybe the second than it did the later ones did you ever become attached to malcolm as a character i wouldn't necessarily say attached but i always i enjoyed mo most of the the times that he was on screen and interacting with the rest of the crew for me i was i was more attached to trip so yeah yeah i guess i guess it makes sense that you and i are doing a podcast together <laughs> yeah, yeah. loading hollow sweet preview program for there are four questions a star trek spotlight podcast that felt pretty cool. And that's when I, I really, really started connecting with Star Trek when I was actually here 
and on, on the level of creator as opposed to fan. So that was where I started getting, it was like, hey, I could do this. I remember writing, <laughs> I sent this letter to him. I wrote to um, Eric Stilwell before I moved to, to Los Angeles and asked about the, the rules for submitting the script and all that stuff. And then I had this idea, never heard back from him. Loading Sweet preview program for Ladies Trek Library, women with a passion for Star Trek books. One of the reasons I was excited to read this book was because it's called Uhura's Song. And we don't get a lot of books where Uhura is a main character. Um, and she was my favorite character from the original series. So I was excited to see a book about her. And I, and I like how, and I was thinking about the, uh, the Broadway play Cats because they kind of used cat names that, that reminded me of the names in this book. So, and, and this book was written in 85, so it could have been inspired by Cats in that way. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.